Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. My maternal grandfather, Grandpa Barr, we called him, was a rancher, a farmer in the Central Valley of California. He had a 40-acre vineyard and made raisins from his grapes. And he could fix just about anything with just a little baling wire, old nuts and bolts or screws, duct tape or twine. With a little ingenuity and elbow grease, he could repair almost anything. My grandpa Barr hated waste. Like lots of people, many people in his generation who grew up during the Great Depression, he recycled before recycling was a thing. As kids, we spent a fair amount of time out in the barn or the shed with him, rooting around in these large buckets looking for just the right thingamajig for him to repair something. And I remember riding in the back of his old 1941 pickup as a child when you could still do that. And he would sometimes pull over, stop along the highway if he saw something shiny in the middle of the road. It might be an old bolt or a screw or a nut or, or even sometimes a coin. And he was not about to leave it on the road because he might be able to use it someday. My grandpa Barr was as frugal and efficient of a farmer or a sower as you can imagine, and a pretty successful one. He would have thought that the farmer in this parable that Jesus told was wasteful and inept. You see, in Jesus' parable, the sower just flings the seed everywhere along the hard paths where the birds would eat the seed or rocky places where the plants would sprout up quickly and the roots would be shallow and the sun would scorch them. Or he casts it among the weeds where it will be choked out. It appears to us that he is wasting seeds everywhere. Now the parables that Jesus told almost always had one primary purpose, and that is to turn our way of thinking upside down, to reverse our expectations and to shatter our preconceived ideas about God. Jesus often told us parables to help us see that the kingdom of God is different than the kingdom of this world. Now, this parable of the sower is not about us. It's all about God, the sower. Jesus paints this vivid picture of God as a sower who just carelessly flings the seed about, not seeming to notice or to care where it lands and we think, what a waste of good seed. Now, the seed in the parable that Jesus told is, of course, the Word of God. God, the sower, sows this seed, the Word of God, everywhere. But it's not a wasteful, careless act. It is an amazingly gracious, generous, extravagant act that demonstrates God's love for all of God's children. And I think this parable of the sower is a lesson for us. We are called as God's people to be extravagant and generous with the gospel. Now, like my grandpa Barr, I think we tend most of the time to be very frugal with the seeds. 
But God scatters the seeds everywhere. His abundant love is poured out on everyone. And in the same way, we are called to be generous with the gospel, sowing the seeds of gospel, the gospel in the most unlikely of places. We are called to treat God's word, God's love, precious as these things are, as if they were absolutely limitless in supply, because they are. God's love has no boundaries, no limits, no borders. He spreads the seeds of his love everywhere. Now, this may take us to some places that we've never been before. It may lead us to someone who is in a difficult situation. It might take us to a place or a person that makes us uncomfortable or that we don't always agree with, or to a situation where we fear rejection. Or it might lead us to reach out to an estranged friend or, or family member. You see, it's about sharing the gospel and spreading the gospel without restraint rather than hoarding the seeds of the gospel and keeping them to ourselves. Now, since we can't predict when or where or how the seed is going to produce, we are to just scatter it everywhere and trust God with the harvest, trust God with the rest. And here's the thing, here's the deal about sowing the seeds of God's love with our words and also with our actions. You can just never tell how the seed will fall or where it might take root. You just never know how one kind action or one brief conversation about faith can impact another's life. And Jesus' parable today reminds us that we should never give up on anybody. The plain fact is that I do not know and you do not know whether there will be any growth. So let's not be selective. Just spread the seeds of God's love wherever and whenever we can with our words and our actions and leave the harvest to God. I think that sometimes many of us are reluctant to sow the seeds of the gospel. We feel that our words may be inadequate or perhaps they won't be well received or we might offend someone or perhaps they really won't make a difference. In effect, when we think this way, we become stingy with the seeds of the gospel. But the truth is, many, many people in our world are longing for a word of hope. They're hurting. They're hungry for God's grace and God's love in this broken and troubled world of ours. And so it would be selfish of us to hoard the seeds of the gospel, the word of God. And what I think so often we forget is that the seed, the word that we scatter, is not our word. It is not our word. It is the word of God. In our Old Testament reading for today that Kathy read from Isaiah 55, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah says, My word that goes out from my mouth shall not return empty. My word that goes out from my mouth shall not return empty. That is quite a promise. When I was in seminary many years ago, the campus pastor or chaplain, Paul Knudsen, volunteered his time to serve as a docent, a tour guide for uh, children's groups at the Como Park Zoo. And at first, he was a reluctant guide. After all, he was a preacher. He was used to speaking to adults, not to young children, and he wasn't sure that the children would even listen to him. He learned quickly 
that the children were spellbound as he took them through the reptile house and through the building where the lions and large cats were caged and past, or past the pools where the otters and sea lions played. And he noticed that the children hung on to his every word as he told them stories of these animals. And he came to understand that it was the words that were spoken the story that he told, not the messenger that held the children's attention. And so it is with the story that we have to share as God's people, the seeds that we have to sow. At the end of our parable, Jesus tells us something amazing happened. Even though the sower appears to be flinging the seed about indiscriminately, randomly, there was still a miraculous harvest. The harvest yielded 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. You see, the seeds that we scatter as people of faith are very fertile seeds, they are the Word of God, and they will sprout in God's time and God's place, not necessarily our time. Pastor Mark Middleberg tells a true story. Before he became a pastor, he was working as a journalist in a newspaper office in Chicago. And one day as he was getting ready to leave his office for the day, he sort of felt this gentle nudging of the Spirit. He sensed that God wanted him to go into the business office and invite his friend, who was agnostic, to come to uh, Easter services with, at his church with, he and, with his, he and his wife. And he walked into the business office, and he looked around, and it appeared empty except for his friend who was sitting at his desk. And he reminded his friend that Easter was coming, and he asked if he'd like to come to church with him and his wife, and his friend turned him down cold. Mark asked if he was interested at all in spiritual matters, and his friend emphatically said, no, no. Mark thought he'd try one more thing. He told him why Christ's resurrection and Easter was important, and, but his friend still clearly was not interested. Mark Middleberg said that he was a little embarrassed for even bringing up Easter, and he wondered why God was uh, prodding him to talk to his friend. Finally, he just sort of backed out of the business office as he stuttered, well, if you've ever got any questions, uh, uh, you know where my office is, where my desk is. His friend, as far as he knows, remains a skeptic to this day. However, there is more to the story. For, fast forward several years, and now Mark Middleberg has gone to seminary and has become a, a, a pastor, and he was serving a, at a large church in the suburbs of Chicago. And after he preached one Sunday morning, a middle-aged man came up to him, and he shook his hand, and he said, I just want to thank you for your spiritual influence on my life. And Mark Middleberg didn't recall ever seeing him before, and he said, well, that's, that's very nice. Thank you, but, but who are you? Well, let me tell you a story, the man said. A few years ago, I lost my job, and we didn't have any real savings, and we were afraid that we were going to lose our house. So in desperation, I called a friend of mine who runs the newspaper and asked him, do you have any work for me? And my friend said, well, can you tile floors? And I had once tiled our bathroom, so I said, sure. 
And he told me, well, we need some tiling done at the newspaper, so if you can do that, we'll pay you well to help you out. So one day, not long before Easter, I was on my hands and knees behind an empty desk in the business office of the newspaper laying some tiles when you walked into the room, and I'm sure you didn't even see me. And you started talking about God and Jesus and Easter, and you invited some guy to church, and he wasn't interested at all. But I was crouching there behind an empty desk, listening. And my heart started beating fast, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I need God. My family needs God. When I got home that evening, I said to my wife, let's go to church this Easter. And she said, you're kidding. And I said, no, I really would like to. We ended up coming to this church that Easter. And my wife and my sons and I have all developed a strong faith and our lives have never been the same. I just wanted to thank you. And Mark Middleberg concluded, I was dumbstruck. I was dumbstruck. Who could have ever foreseen that except the amazing God of grace? Mark Middleberg had no idea, no idea of the seeds that he had planted. And no sower or teacher or mentor or parent really ever does. So keep sowing the seeds. Keep on planting Keep on planting and leave the rest to God. Do our best and trust God with the rest because it's all about God who is the most gracious and generous sower. Amen.